Hello and welcome to series two of the Catalyst podcast. My name is Ken Valady, partner and co-founder at Progressive. And this is a podcast series about the power of startup corporate partnerships and how, if they're carefully managed, they can become a true catalyst for change for the future. Every episode, I will discuss a key topic with either a startup founder or an industry leader who have experienced the benefits of these partnerships firsthand and are willing to discuss and share their key learnings and insights. In today's episode, I want to address the area of dedicated tech communities where startups and corporates are based together for an ongoing indefinite period. Are these communities a better option towards building startup corporate partnerships versus traditional accelerator or corporate accelerator programs? Or are they an expensive PR facade with no real tangible output at the end? To help me on this subject, I'm really pleased to have as our guest Amy French, who is the head of Level 39 London, the world's most connected community for finance, cybersecurity, retail and smart city tech businesses. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ken. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Superb. So, Amy, to kick off, are you okay to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, your background and your journey to date? Yes, absolutely. So my name is Amy French. I guess a bit of background probably with Level 39 generally because I've been here for quite a while now. So I joined the team back in June of 2014. So when Level 39 was still in its kind of infancy within that first year, I started very much in the kind of events and ecosystem building, but moved quickly into the role of ecosystem manager, developing the curriculum we offer, curating our network of mentors, investors and partners, which I'm sure we'll talk a bit more about later. So I've really had the pleasure of working with that a lot of our startups that now call Level 39 home obviously worked alongside some of the kind of fintech unicorns that are now the fintech unicorns. So Revolut, for an example, starting with two people and now is hundreds in Canary Wharf, which is incredible. I remember our early days as well. Events have always been critical to Level 39, but I remember one of our earliest events I helped organize was Hack Make the Bank, which was our own hackathon that we did with a partner, Open Bank Project, which was incredible because it completely opened me to the kind of data and fintech world in those early days. But then kind of skipping through to, to more recently. So in April of 2020, I was appointed as director of Level 39, which albeit that happened at the beginning of the pandemic. So we've obviously, of course, have faced some challenges over the last 18 months, but our team is fantastic and have definitely continued to offer all of the value add that we provide these members, um, both on site and, and virtually as well, but really had the pleasure as well to work in or work on some initiatives that are also, you know, close to to what I am very interested in. Uh, one being the fintech for all charter, alongside Inchorus, um, and Innovate Finance, Fintech Alliance, and so on. But I'm, I'm sure I'll share more about that as well. And for our listeners, Amy, can you just give a little bit of a, an overview of the Level Thirty Nine setup, how it uh, it's developed over time, and and kind of some numbers around it? Yes, of course. So. Level 39 was launched back in March of 2013 by the Canary Wharf Group. So the Canary Wharf Group, who is the property developer that built and owned the Canary Wharf Estate, they're also the most sustainable developer in the UK. They really were looking at providing a proposition for fast growth, scaling small to large businesses in Canary Wharf. And that's where Level 39 came about. So we started with just one floor in March of 2013. And now, eight and a half years on, are around 80,000 square foot, which is three floors in one Canada square. 
And we provide membership, so hot desks, fixed desks and offices to support companies from one person all the way up to 100 plus. Uh, but the unique proposition really being that as one landlord, so that is Canary Wharf Group Level 39, we can support a company from one to thousands in Canary Wharf and they can really make and continue to make Canary Wharf their home. Um, but we do have a focus on tech and fintech, of course, is our, our core vertical, but we have some really interesting other verticals that have started growing over the last good handful of years as well. So that's cybersecurity, smart cities, the blockchain technology, but also have a big focus on kind of sustainability and net zero as well. Again, going back to that kind of sustainability focus from Canary Wolf Group as well. And you know, what we've, we do as additionally to that kind of membership is ensuring that we can support companies through mentoring, through access to investors, customers, uh, and partners as well. And of course, in the last 18 months with the pandemic, a lot of that has gone virtual. I'm very pleased that we're back in the office now. I'm obviously doing this podcast from Level 39 in Canary Wharf. But we, during that time, launched a whole virtual event series, a virtual platform for content called Digital 39, and even more recently, a virtual membership as well to keep our international community connected to us. And also, Amy, I, from my understanding, as well as um, startups being on those, those three floors, you've also got corporate partners based there as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's really important for our community to be uh, diverse with a mix of organizations. And so we not only have the kind of a number of the corporate tenants on the estate who who join us as corporate partners, but other international corporates as well that decide to to base some of their team here. I suppose a question I have now, because that that sounds fantastic, one floor to three floors, 80,000 square feet, you know, it's it's a massive operation. But that I, I'd imagine, I know you said it's been going for a few years, but that doesn't happen overnight. So ha- how did corporate start getting involved and what's the kind of stages that a corporate goes through to get to get to the kind of place where they're going to be based there and really getting the main benefit from the, the community? So there are a number of ways that corporates have engaged with us over the years. And it's actually worth noting as well that, you know, of course, we are a startup and scale up community, but we need players across the ecosystem to engage with us in order for that to really benefit the companies as they scale both nationally and internationally. So that's corporates, it's government, it's academia, public and private sector. So it really is every part of the ecosystem engaging here. But when we go back to corporates specifically, I would say that there are probably four ways in which they typically engage with us and and therefore work with our companies. The first couple are a bit more light touch. So the first being innovation days that they might host here. So of course, they will come with specific objectives from those those days. They'll bring their senior teams, they'll bring their decision makers, often perhaps the budget holders as well. And what they will do is effectively host an event here, but they'll work closely with myself and my team to really identify companies that, that really kind of could solve the problem that they are currently looking at. So we will then therefore make those connections. And it's really, it can be something like an informal pitch day, but it's such a snapshot. It could be half a day, a couple of hours, a full day, that it's, it's such a snapshot into really only a handful of companies uh, of the 180 companies that we, we have with us. The next step I would suggest is mentoring. This is where we, you know, all of our um, mentors, by the way, are, are volunteers. They volunteer their time to to connect with our startups. But with corporates, frequently they they kind of recommend one or two people who will act almost as navigators. So they will be the person that our startups will speak to when they're specifically looking at engaging with that corporate or an organisation like that. 
And so that is why a corporate will get involved because, of course, they not only can kind of support a company and give them an idea of this is what the process may look like. This is also someone that you could speak to if it makes sense to. And of course, that's always dependent on, you know, if the comf- the corporate feels comfortable in making that introduction. But also what's great for a corporate or any mentor is that they can also keep their ear to the ground when it comes to, you know, what technologies are coming through, the companies are here, and also, you know, what innovations could be relevant to their area of business. And of course, there's also then corporate VCs who also may run certain sessions through mentoring to also look at opportunities to invest. From there, I would suggest the next is also uh, we've hosted a number of programs. So a couple of examples being the Innovation Norway program that happens every year uh, for a six-month period. We've had also Dassault System who ran their 3D FinTech Challenge with us and Accenture's FinTech Innovation Lab that was hosted here from day one. So from 2013 for, for four years as well. And again, the way that they do that is very much that they are taking space with us for their set period of time during that program, but alongside their more formal program that they are doing internally with their with their organization, the reason that they base that within a community or a hub like Level 39 is so that the startups that they're working with not only get the opportunity to work with their organization, but also have visibility and access to a wider ecosystem as well. And that is, you know, the other entrepreneurs, their peers, other mentors who may be, you know more kind of specialized in different areas that they may want to tap into. And actually, this was more kind of even more important for the likes of Innovation Norway, who as part of their program is supporting Norwegian businesses to come to the UK. So as part of this is, of course, they have their formal program, but those startups that were based at Level 39 also got the opportunity to you know, really understand what the UK market was like, speak to other entrepreneurs that have done that, and also start building their profile here, which we, of course, also can help them with through our kind of marketing activities and and online activities as well. So really a win-win through that program. And then the final (laughs) point is full, really full immersion into the ecosystem through being a corporate member. So, you know, paying to be part of this community, you know, spending more time connecting with people on a more informal and personal level. Uh, So we've had lots of kind of corporates come through, both UK corporates and international corporates who have decided to base teams with us. And that could be one person, that could be one person that they've dedicated to build these relationships, identify areas of interest and start connecting with startups just to really understand if there is feasibility or an opportunity to to grow that relationship into a proof of concept or, or something bigger. And we have seen some good outcomes from those kinds of conversations and, you know, actually working with startups, whether it's initially on a more informal basis or, you know, going actually into proof of concepts and um, be, even being customers of these startups. Wow. So there's, there's, there's a lot going on over at Canary Wolf at the moment. And, and Amy, the, the question I have now is versus the traditional accelerator model, this feels more of a longer play. What, what advantages does that bring? Yeah, absolutely. It is a longer play. Growth doesn't happen overnight for, for these startups. So we're really working with them over years to support them as they grow. Crucially, the difference between a kind of traditional accelerator and, and level 39 community is not only the, you know, with the traditional accelerators, they might be a bootcamp program over a specific time period, but they may also invest and therefore uh, the company may have to give equity during that program. And just to be clear, level 39 doesn't invest in these companies. We, to a degree, re- remain pretty impartial in that way. And therefore, a company, when they join us, 
do not need to give equity away. Uh, so it really is when they join us, we hope that they will continue to grow here through all the support of mentoring, access to investors, partners, and obviously their entrepreneurs and peers. We hope that they'll continue to call Canary Wharf home. So if I was to be devil's advocate, Amy, you know, we're looking at the, the more open long-term approach that you guys have. Does it get in the way sometimes that there isn't a strict time boundary? Does this kind of hinder progress? You know, there's no certain goal to deliver a certain thing by a set time. You know, is, is that a challenge sometimes to make sure that with this kind of open community that you have, that things do get done and progress is made? So I think there are um, needs for both formats and it's really down to the startup to identify the need and the stage that they're at and therefore the route they wish to go down to scale. But for us, you know, in the longer term, relationships don't get built overnight. And and for us, the focus is how do these teams gain access to customers, gain access to investors, to talent? So we work with universities and academia to also connect in students and incredible, you know, talent with these companies. An example being where we, you know, we work very closely with UCL. They have their School of Management in One Canada Square in Canary Wharf. And we're connecting those students who are studying management to, you know, work with our startup businesses over a set period of time. And they may then look to to work more permanently with those startups. So, you know, these things don't have a defined end date. And I think it just goes back to how you develop relationships with your customers, your people, your investors. And we want to ensure that all of the opportunities that come you know, to us and to this community are visible to everyone and therefore they can opt in when it makes sense for them to do so. And community seems to be the key here, doesn't it? Because you have your on-site communities, as you've explained, but you also have your Digital 39, which is your online community. And you also have visiting communities. So that must be quite a challenge to keep that going and keep that vibrant and get some momentum behind it. It's We've got a lot of people coming in, which is great. As you say, online community has developed a lot over the last 18 months. We do a lot of content with our members. So that's co-curated content. It's really amplifying the great message that they want to share. So especially for those earlier stage companies who may not have a dedicated marketing person, you know, and they want a bit of support to ensure that they can get the word out about what they're doing. We, we, you know, we will make sure that we support that. We also did a whole kind of virtual event series to keep people connected online whilst they weren't really able to meet in person because, you know, those connections in person have been so critical for the eight and a half years we've been going for. That's why we wanted to ensure that we still ran activities that, that kept people in touch. Through all of that, it meant we kind of launched a virtual partnership because, you know, our memberships are about physical presence, but we have this international audience and in a kind of entrepreneur network who want to be involved, want access to all of the things that we do, be able to connect with the corporates, the investors, the partners, the other the other companies here in the UK. So we've actually launched that to make sure that they remain connected. But, you know, through all of that, the most important thing and nothing really replaces people being together on site. So, you know, whether it's someone being here as one person, as a hot dust member or their team of 100 people, we want to ensure that we do events. We get people kind of excited to meet one another. We have a three o'clock cookie bell, which has just returned post pandemic, which is amazing news. So every day at 3pm, a bell rings and freshly baked cookies are brought out for all of our members, which sounds maybe a little bit crazy, but we've been doing it from day one. And it's honestly allows people to just meet someone new every day, step away from their desks 
and just start those conversations that could actually turn into something really interesting further down the line. And we, from that, maybe not the cookie bell as such, but from these in-person interactions, we see partnerships forming, we see people joining teams, uh, and we just see fantastic things happening. So you're going to miss your cookie because looking at the times here, that bell's going to go soon. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so the subjects of, of the series is, is how um, startups and corporates work together and, and the benefits and the challenges that come with that. So I suppose the question I have, you know, this is all fantastic. You've been going for some time. It's a really diverse, agile community. And there's many different ways that corporates and startups can get involved. And, and it's online, offline. Everything's in place to make sure it's a very vibrant setup. The question I'd have, and, and maybe relating to what we do in Progressive, is you're kind of in the middle. And, and the question is, how do you manage expectations on both sides? Both expectations of startups who, and again, this is you know all due respect to startups listening if you know there's a corporate three doors down in the corridor it's it's going to be very difficult not to knock on the door and and maybe start to make your presence known and also from a corporate because you're going to be sending someone in technically to the building and they're going to be working there on your behalf and making sure that they go there with the right expectations and not expected to come back two weeks later with this is going to double our growth overnight so that must be a challenge behind the scenes. Building the, the, the community and, and managing it and keeping it going is one thing, but actually managing expectations between those two key types of stakeholder. How do you do that? So, yeah, that's a really interesting point. For us, it's about remembering where they are, we are the, the introducer. You know, we very much set the context of our role within these introductions. So it's very much, it's warm, there's no guarantees, but this is also where our mentoring program comes in really handy because mentors effectively are that bridge between corporates and startups. And what we will always suggest is if a corporate does decide to join us, whether we suggest they refer someone to be a mentor as well, because then there's almost that person that is mandated to talk to startups. They know, you know, what the process is with with small businesses, what that kind of implementation may look like, what that process is, and also if it is something that they can do. So we'll always suggest that there is a go-to so that it isn't, uh, it's not quite a, you know, someone is knocking on the door of this other person. You know, it, it's very much that there is a way of starting that conversation. And I'll go back to what I said earlier, you know, relationships aren't built overnight. I think this is also where we're open. We show who our members, both corporate and, and startup on our website. So everyone knows the kind of community they're coming into. And I think they need to be you know, the corporates too, when they come here, need to be open that people may connect to them and, and you know, be okay with that. So the penultimate question, Amy, is reflecting on, on your years to date at Level 39, what, what tips would you give a startup or a corporate who's looking to join a tech community? You know, and at the same time, if you're a corporate, we've got a corporate listener out there who's thinking of creating a new community, what tips would you give them? So... I think if someone's looking to join a tech community, the important thing here is that in communities like Level 39, collaboration and partnerships happen frequently. So, you know, you would likely join a community to develop your understanding of the ecosystem, who the different players are, who the innovators are, but perhaps also what other corporates are doing. So, you you know, you really are understanding the full ecosystem as a whole, but there can, can be other benefits as well. So, word of mouth referrals that you perhaps may not have anticipated. So, the tip would be go in open-minded, be aware that people will approach you. It's, you know, at level 39, people are talking all the time. You, you know, you're in line for a coffee or a cookie and, and people talk. So you need to feel comfortable 
talking about what you do, why you're here, and really what the opportunity may be in the longer term. Uh, And from the perspective of a corporate perhaps looking to create a new community, my suggestion would be determine who it is that you want to bring together, who are the key players, and, you know, start building perhaps initially a small working group around that so that you can build, and maybe it's a mental group, you know, I'm not sure, but it, it could really be a close-knit group and determine what are your objectives from that community, who are the different players that will also help you grow that community quite organically. As an example, we've worked really closely with the likes of London and Partners and the Department for International Trade since day one, and they're an incredible uh, partner to work with. They, you know, they very kindly make introductions for us frequently, both startup and, and corporate introductions. So it's it's finding those people that have a shared mission, a shared vision, and you know, you can really build something together. So final question, Amy, because this it's been a, an amazing journey and, and and you know, I think I went to level 39 the second year or so um it was it was around. And it's always an evolving place. Every time you go there, things are different. It, it, it's got a very vibrant atmosphere, very good cafe. I can I can definitely recommend that. Very good coffee. And but looking back on your years at the company, when it comes to startups and corporates working successfully together, which is the hub of what you know we want to get to with this podcast, what's the main ingredient that needs to be in place for this to happen? So a corporate and a startup come together. The, the million dollar question is, what's the main ingredient you think? And maybe based on your experience, obviously at level 39, what's the main ingredient that has to be present for this to have a chance of succeeding? So I think between both corporate and startup, they need to be clear, honest and upfront about what the ask is. But I think specifically from a corporate perspective, they should be kind of clearly defining the problem that needs to be solved, the resource allocated to implementing with a startup, what that time frame or roadmap might look like, um, but crucially, do they have budget to do that? Is you know, is their internal sign-off buy-in just so that they don't end up kind of wasting a startup's time to a degree? To really understand what that you know from a corporate, understand what the opportunity is for a startup because they may put everything into that, and therefore you want you know both parties hopefully will want to make that a success. And from a startup's perspective, and, and I say this to our startups when we make introductions as well, and we do this when we share bios of, of people coming in and visiting and briefs and so on, but do your research, you know, understand the corporate, understand the business, who their customers aren't, are and how you could align with that business. But this is also where your network can come in. Do speak to other startups that are engaged either with that corporate or with similar organizations. Understand the process, you know, get to understand what their challenges may have been. Know what you're signing up for. That means you can hopefully set your own realistic expectations. Fantastic. Some great insights there, Amy. Really good. And and just to say, you know, thank you again for your time. Really enjoyed our conversation. I, I say it to a lot of my guests, but we could have definitely have carried on this conversation <laughs> for another 30 minutes or so. But I appreciate you really busy. Really appreciate your time. And it's been a, a great, great talking to you. So Amy, thank you very much. It's been such a pleasure, Ken. Thank you so much for inviting me. And if you want to contact Amy, full social media details can be found in the notes of this podcast. That's it for this episode. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to this series and please rate us and leave a review on your chosen podcast platform. All contributions are very much appreciated. Thank you.